0: Hey, guys, it's Terrence Mann. You're listening to Hear the Spear, presented by No Game Day. Go Nose. Hey, what's up? This is Peter Ward, a.k.a. E-Dub in the house. So we're listening to Hear the
1: Spear, presented by No Game Day. Go live. Go Nose. Hi, this is Charlie Ward, and you're listening to Hear the Spear. Go Nose.
0: This is Terrell Buckley. You're listening to Hear the Spear, presented by No Game Day. No bloody.
1: But perhaps better known as the greatest corner to ever step on a football field, Dion
0: Primetime Sanders.
1: Great Dion Sanders, my brother. What's going on, bro? man? I, I could wake up to that greeting every day, man. That was awesome. Hello, Nose fans. This is former
2: Seminole Derek Brooks, and you're listening to Here's the Spear, presented to you by No Game
1: Day. James Wilder Jr. What's going on, James? Thanks for having me on SSOD for the player die and go no. William Barnum Floyd. Gentlemen, what's
2: up? What's happening, guys? This is Logan from here. the Spear presented to you by Noel Game Day. We're recording on Monday night with our latest episode. We're going to re- recap a little bit of the crazy weekend Florida State had on the recruiting side. Uh, we got a lot to cover. Also, getting ready for early signing day that's happening this Wednesday that we'll have full coverage on also. And then, of course, some highlights throughout the week and, and uh, players transferring and, and ending their... Careers at Florida State and getting ready for NFL draft prep, which we should have a good conversation about. Uh, but with me tonight, we have all the lead guys. We got lead writer and editor Dustin Lewis. We got our lead basketball writer Austin Beasy, and our lead recruiting insider Jeremiah Zanders with us tonight. What's going on, Jay Z? We haven't spoke with you in a hot minute on here.
0: Man, it has been a whole 60 seconds, my guy. It's it been is. good. <laughs> <laughs> it's been good. Oh, I thought it you were talking bad. about
1: his introduction.
0: <laughs> uh, you know what, Dustin? Oh, oh no, that was longer talk- than that. Oh, that's it. That was at least no, seconds. that wasn't a shot. That wasn't a shot.
2: Dustin, no, I'm always <laughs> hating on my intros, man. You got to get the info out there. That's what you do in shows. You don't just say, "All right, recruiting." Here we go. Um, <laughs> uh, that is true. Got to get, got to get the listeners what they uh, they got to get yes. ready for what they're gonna hear in the, exactly. the next hour and a meditation
0: half. Attention, Exactly. Sure. exactly.
1: How are y'all doing? Y'all having a good week? Yeah, or I'm doing just, great. Yeah, sure, uh, sure. very very pristine, especially with this mic quality. Finally oh. got the the new mic for the podcast, and just want everyone listening to know that Logan didn't purchase it himself. This this was actually a gift from a friend, and I no longer <laughs> consider Logan a friend because he <laughs> couldn't You're give me no a day. mic. So.
2: Damn.
1: Wow, that's tough. Well, you know what? Mm. That was a nice
2: nice uh, job by your friend there and we're even better at, with our budget right now too because of him and that's what you like to hear Indeed. that's what i love to hear and uh shout out to him what's his name so we can give him a shout out on the podcast you're not even gonna give your friend a shout out i just gave you a mic
1: hey nick nick lopez bought me this mic he's a, he's a great guy and Logan, I'm going to be sending you a, a bill for this shortly. So <laughs> we won't be saving anything in the budget. Actually, wait—is this—is this, yeah, is this
2: the friend that told you that your mic sucked and that you needed a new mic? Yeah,
1: but you also told me my mic sucked and you didn't get me one. So well, did Austin give you one? He didn't either.
3: I never yeah, mentioned the quality, though. Let's be fair. You said you were going to get him one. I did. I did. I never make failed. such promises.
2: All right, these people don't want to hear us argue about mics and Dustin's mic problems. Everything sounds beautiful, Dustin. Sounds great. <laughs> the listeners are going to hear all of your wonderful thoughts, pure as it will be. Uh, yeah. Y'all want to get, let, let's get into a little bit of recruiting. That's why mainly we have Jeremiah in here. Jeremiah is going to be with us the whole night, though. But as the main, main focus here is to bring him on to talk recruiting, uh, he's been very busy with this the last week, even more than that. Um, and it's going to be a crazy next couple of days, too. But Let's get right into it with the, the big one now. And, you know, Jeremiah, you heard on early with uh, Chubba Purdy coming. He's currently at Louisville commit. Tell me about that whole situation yes, there for Florida State.
0: Okay. Chubba Purdy. First of all, he'd be the highest ranked quarterback he would sign in this class. He's a good guy to Arizona. His brother is the Iowa State quarterback, and he's very good. He's getting the NFL looks if he saves another year at Iowa State. So he has good bloodlines, and he's actually been connected to Kenny and uh, Coach Norvell because they coached at Arizona State. So they already knew about this guy when they were at Memphis, but obviously you don't have the clout to recruit a kid like Chuba Purdy at Memphis.
4: Yeah. He's
0: just not going there. So once they got to FSU, they took a look at the quarterback room. Obviously we know about the um, Jeff Sims situation. They told him they like Jeff Sims. But they were like, we want you to come in. We want you to do the whiteboard. We want this and that. There was like a mutual parting of ways. And Jeff is probably going to Georgia Tech. Well, he'll be a good fit there. But um, we got the um Tate Rodenmaker. Got to mention him before he mentioned Purdy, um, because obviously he's committed. But um, and I want to mention Tate because he's actually a really good quarterback.
4: <laughs>
0: he's six a, first team all state in Georgia last year in 2018 and in 2019 this season he was even better he had over four. he had like over 10 more touchdown passes like almost a thousand more yards he threw less picks he was he in his film is really good he's accurate he can throw outside the pocket he has a good arm not the greatest arm he, he doesn't have a cannon but he has the arm to get it there and he's very accurate he knows how to get the ball in the end zone yeah i mean he's really good so shout-out to Tate Roadmaker before we move on to more purdy talk. Shout-out to Tate Roadmaker. <laughs> he was a, he's already committed. He committed after his official visit. He's a very good quarterback. And a, and a really good job by Mike Norvell jumping on him and getting him mm-hmm. to sign with FSU before the sign-up period. All yeah, right, I really, so sh- yeah,
1: go I on, really like Roadmaker. I mean, I'm a little partial because I am from Valdosta, and he's from <laughs> Valdosta High School. It's actually where my dad went to high school, which is – crazy but like you said yeah, jeremiah yeah. really nice prospect he threw 42 touchdowns to just 10 interceptions as a senior um and honestly i think he's a little bit underrated right now as a three star prospect i was actually mm-hmm. DMing in uh, a two four seven sports Zach blostein and we were talking about roadmaker and he mentioned that he thinks that he could potentially be a uh, Low four star prospect by the time the final rankings come out. So wow. I really do think Mike Norvell found himself a really good one with his first ever commit at Florida State. And if he lands yeah. pretty as well, he's gonna look really good.
0: Yeah, he's gonna look excellent. He's gonna look excellent. And that is also a good point, Destin. That's actually Mike Norvell's first ever commit, Tate Rowmaker. So that's worth yeah. mentioning as well. And that and especially with being a quarterback. So, all right, now let's get to Chubba Purdy. <laughs> <laughs> let's get let's get back to him. I, ha- I had to give Taylor Roadmaker his shine. He, he, deserves it. he deserves it. He deserves it. So, Chubba Purdy, he'd be the highest ranked quarterback if we signed him. He's the current Louisville commit. Now, we all know about Louisville coach, uh, Sattersfield. He's a very good coach. He's pro- He probably deserves ACC coach of the year. He probably does because Louisville was in a worse situation than FSU was. He turned him around. Chuba Purdy committed to Louisville in July, so he's been committed since the summer. About not too long, not like you know a lot of current quarterbacks. He days like to commit like almost a year in advance or you know ten months in advance from when they actually sign, mm-hmm. so they can lead the class and recruit, do all this, you know, be the cowbell leader, all this, all that kind of stuff. So you know, but you know he, you know he has a good relationship with Louisville. But on the flip side. It's Florida State. It's a bet it's a bet. Let's admit it, It's a bigger stage than Louisville. It's more opportunity for him to be on national TV more. Uh coach, he knows Mike Norvell. A system that's proven to him at Memphis. Mike Norvell can give him the numbers from Memphis. Yeah. Mike Norvell can give up his numbers from Arizona State. And oh, by the way, my offensive coordinator, he was with me at Arizona State, and he was with me at Memphis, and you know him too. <laughs> so you're not going to come all the way from Arizona to Tallahassee and be uncomfortable. You know us. And you're going to be on a big stage. You're going to have an opportunity to play early because the quarterback depth chart, I'm a new coach. So I, n- n- all of these guys are on the same playing field. None, none, I haven't seen any film. So Chubba, you can come in. I'm signing another high school quarterback, and I'm probably going to bring in a grad transfer. So you're going. it's going to be a three-quarterback class, but I mean you you have a little bit of like Kenny Dillingham was saying today in his interview, I mean in his press conference. They're looking for that special sauce at quarterback. That and they're looking for winners and they're looking for mental ability. That's why they wanted Jeff Sims, you know, do the whiteboard so he could prove that he could, you know, that's why that situation occurred. Yeah. But that's that's really what they're looking for. And Tate Rolemaker's a winner, he's a state champion, and Chubba Purdy's a winner, he's a state champion. So <laughs> all the ingredients are there for what Mike Norvell and Adam and Dillingham are looking for in a quarterback. They push for Purdy. They offered them. They, you know, they called him up. They said, are you interested in coming for a visit? Chubba said, yeah, let's go. A lot of good vibes are coming from the visit. A lot of the players are following him on Twitter. He's following a couple of FSU players. He's liking some FSU posts. The vibes are looking really good for a flip. Of course, you know, the Louisville side is probably not going to, you know, they're probably going to be more air on the side of we're confident we're going to keep them. But if you guys remember, even though Louisville staff is way better than FSU staff last year, but Willie Taggart had um, Sam Howell, and we thought he was committed, even though all the signs pointed to him flipping the UNC, which is what he did. So it's kind of the same deal here to me. I think all the signs are pointing to Chubba Purdy flipping the FSU on signing day. But, you know, we I, it's one of those, well, if I see it, I'll believe it. But I'm yeah. saying tepid on it now. I'm saying tepid because it will be a huge coup. It will be a huge statement. I mean, to me, it will be a statement nationally, especially in the ACC, where you know Louisville is your direct rival because you're already flipping Josh Griffiths from Louisville. And now you're flipping um, Chubba Purdy who, by the way, would be the Chuba Purdy, is their highest-ranked commit in the past five cycles for Louisville. Wow. Their highest-ranked commit mm. in the past five years. They don't get a lot of highly-ranked kids at Louisville. They really Damn.
2: don't. be swiping so, away their gift from exactly. Christmas.
0: <laughs> and, and we all know that stars do matter. They do. Mm-hmm. So Louisville, even though they might have a good depth chart, even though they have a three-star quarterback committed, They really need a four-star quarterback to take them to the next level. And that's what Trouba Purdy is. And if FSU can flip him on Wednesday, bring him into Tallahassee, it'll be a huge coup. It'll be a huge statement. And honestly, I'm erring on the side of it happening. I think Mm. it will happen, but like I said, I'm tapping. I'm tapping. I'm I'm (laughs) waiting to see because, you know, you have to see Mike Norvell kind of sign these kids. You want to see him sign them. You want to see him complete the process before you go all in. Mm -hmm.
1: What I think one thing that we can say is, I mean, Purdy, Purdy, and Florida State, the interest there is definitely mutual. I mean, shortly after Norvell was hired. Obviously, he reached out to, to Purdy's family. And like you mentioned, Jeremiah Purdy's been committed to Louisville since the summer. By all accounts of what we know, he has solid relationships with the staff there, very comfortable with the school. And then Norvell gets hired by Florida State, reaches out to Purdy. And I mean, almost instantly, this last minute visit is set up. And Purdy has to fly here all the way from Arizona. He had all kinds of flying trouble. And yet mm-hmm. he still made it out to Tallahassee and mm-hmm. was on campus for about 24 hours for this visit. So yeah. this this definitely wasn't a visit for fun, as you can tell by all of his traveling issues. He really wanted to be here to check out Florida State. And, you know, hopefully Norvell has done enough with the little bit of time he's been given. It's going to be tough to flip him, given right. all the relationships at Louisville. But, I mean, if he's comfortable with what he knows about Norvell from, from the past and his other stops, then come on down come on and he, down and he had
2: and they had him sit with uh for lunch with uh, president thresher yep um, that's him big. and morbin him yeah. and morbin joseph yeah i wish yeah, should get on the to morbin too because i'm i'm big on morbin uh, myself and he he's a big he's a big boy and uh, where he's he built. To, yeah he's a built guy uh and there's a lot of teams after him of course Right pass now, rushers. What's, yeah, yeah what's the, the situation with him? Because, you know, he was just here this last weekend and he declined interviews with other out, with outlets. But what's the latest yeah. with him?
0: Well, yeah, there's two uncommitted pass rushers who FSU would love to have in the class. And, of course, one of them was a former commit, Josh Griffiths. I'll get him out of the way pretty quickly because I'm pretty sure he signed up with FSU on Wednesday. In fact, I'm like hundred percent sure. <laughs> so Josh Griffiths, he's a former commit. He lo- he loves Odell Higgins. He was at IMG this past year. His senior, his senior film was way better than his junior film, which is a good sign. He's one of those guys who you see at like Nebraska or Boston College or somewhere like that. And they're like a red shirt junior. And they have like 10 sacks. And you're like, who is that guy? Why is he doing these things? I don't know who he is. <laughs> That's Josh Griffiths in the best way possible. So he's a good player. He, I think I think he has a high ceiling, to be honest, because if you get him in a college weight room and get his technique, he already has good technique. He's been at IMG. I think he can be a good player for FSU. I think FSU, frankly, needs the numbers. They need the defensive ends. And Odell knows this. The staff knows this. And they're going to flip him from Louisville, where he really – the he will he wanted Odell to be the head coach, but then he wasn't. So he was kind of he went Louisville. That's a good program. He wanted to save a spot, but now the FSU was pushing again. He's going back to where he's wanted to be the whole time. So that's on Josh Griffiths. Good player. Good um thing that FSU was able to flip him on a visit. I'm I'm really confident. Like I said, 100 percent sure he's going to sign on Wednesday. Good pass rusher. Good player.
1: Do you now, think that Josh Griffiths only committed to Louisville to get Chubba Purdy to Tallahassee?
0: Oh, the conspiracy <laughs> theory!
1: That, that is a
0: that is a very if the, if the I don't think it's true. I don't. Because that would be extremely just almost, <laughs> you,
4: know, you know who <laughs> almost
0: would, maniacal, man to do that know. to a, a team to say like, let me commit to this entire program just to take from this program. <laughs> but it will be a boss move. It would be, who? If, if, if that was, ew.
2: you know oh. who would know about this and would have the best inside would be Austin Veezy. What is your take on that?
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> we probably woke I, up. I was waiting
3: for this. Um. <laughs> I have no opinion. There you go. <laughs> basketball there you it is. We're
2: just making sure you're still awake over there, Austin. We know you are. Uh, we'll, we'll get the basketball in about an hour or so.
3: I, I'm holding on by right. the head. So, uh,
2: <laughs> recruiting, recruiting will be is almost over. Almost over. What about almost. what about the rest of these guys that we have on our list here? We got wide receiver Brian Robinson. He's he's oh, playing on yeah. sign at 30 on Wednesday. Also, Mormon well, uh, Mormon Joseph is playing on sign at four. Ah, uh, Griffiths at ten thirty, and Brian Robinson at ten thirty, wide receiver. Um, but how about Ken- Kendall Dennis and Marcus Fleming and Brian Robinson?
0: Yeah, all of those guys are huge targets for Kendall Dennis. I think if like Mike Norvell would have been the head coach in like the summer and push for him and got him to commit early, we would have really um, had this locked up because we should have been. Keno Dennis would have been locked up if the previous staff had pushed for him. I don't know why they didn't, but they didn't. And so Oklahoma's been pushing for him behind the scenes. Auburn's been pushing for him. Looks like he wants to, Um, he has developed enough relationships with the Oklahoma coaching staff to go there. But you never know, Brandon Gannon's is former teammate, but I think the previous coaching staff, Kind of messed it up for the current coaching staff in that one. So expect him to South Oklahoma. To, um, now let's see. Marcus Fleming, wide receiver, um, DB maybe, but probably wide receiver at the next level out of Miami Northwestern, a powerhouse down there. He's a really good player. He was voted on the official visit um, the the week that Mike Norvell got hired. Him and Kaden Renfro were both on that visit. Um, so he really. Really didn't get to meet um, coach Norvell on the visit he hasn't gotten to meet the offensive coordinator in person Nebraska's kind of built some inroads um, with him and his recruitment so I think he goes with Nebraska he goes with the relationships and that's honestly a very good get if Nebraska can close the deal on him um, let's see Morvan Joseph all right um, he came in no one was really expecting him to come in this weekend. Cause mm-hmm. previously he had a top two of Florida and Tennessee. He was one of those guys who wanted Odell Higgins to be the head coach. When Odell when he learned Odell Higgins wasn't going to be the head coach, he decommitted from FSU, opened it up, went on an official visit to Tennessee, went on an official visit to Florida, announced that he was signing with the top two, then all of a sudden um, um, Adam Fuller gets hired at defensive coordinator. Odell Hagens is still pushing for him. They mm. get him to visit this past weekend. I'd, I I mean, he was a former commi- he was committed for a long time. Um, mm. I'd say the odds are about probably 50-50 between us and Tennessee. Um, yeah. Tennessee's been pushing very, very much. Tennessee's probably been pushing just as much as we were when we were trying to get his commitment and throughout his com- the process, so they've always been there. Jeremy Pruitt's a good coach; he has a good defense. Tennessee is looking like it's making improvements, so you know Jeremy Pruitt can sell that Tennessee's making improvements. We're in the SEC, best conference, yada yada yada. It means more, yada yada yada. Whatever, <laughs> um and. That's what Mike Norvell and Adam Fuller are trying to go up against. Hopefully they get it done. Like I said, it's 50-50 because it's so late to form a connection with a coach,
1: Right.
0: Your especially your head coach and your defensive coordinator. He already has that connection with Odell Higgins. That's not a problem. It's the fact that you don't know your head coach, you know. So yeah. if Mike Norvell was, is able to close, because basically this would be Odell Hagens would be the one. Well, he's the reason the door is open. But Mike Norvell would be the reason we flip him. Because he wouldn't commit to FSU without trusting the vision of Mike Norvell, period, mm-hmm. of the head coach. So if Mike Norvell gets this done, that's another feather in the cap for him. If he doesn't, I'm not necessarily – I'm mad because it's a position of need. And we frankly need to sign a guy like this, especially since he's a in Florida. But I wouldn't be that mad because Mike Norville didn't have a lot of time. He was behind the eight ball by a long shot here. So the fact that he got him on a visit, the fact that he has more of Joseph thinking, that's very positive. So I just want no fans for listening to kind of keep perspective, keep that in mind going into Wednesday. We might think we're signing everybody. Your school might think they're signing everybody, but probably they're not. They're probably not going to sign everyone you want or everyone you need. So keep that in mind, but like I said, if Mike Norville pulls it off, it'll give me more confidence in the future to say, hey, that guy's going to FSU. (laughs) But -hmm. he hasn't done it yet. He hasn't done it yet. So he has As long as he keeps doing it, you know, he proves it, then I can make more positive predictions. (laughs) But for now, you know what I'm saying? I can make, you know, but uh, for now, I'm tapping on Marvin Joseph. Like I said, I'm 50-50 on him, Mm -hmm. but I'm Honestly, pretty confident that Purdy is going to be a no. I'm very confident that um Griffiths is going to be a no. And who else? Da, da, da. Bra- okay, Brian Robinson. All right. Yeah. Brian Robinson our number one receiver target. Um, if you guys didn't if you guys are listening for the um just a quick overview of the whole receiver class, Malachi Wyman, two sports star, he's going to viral. He's made LeBron James freak out, Dwayne Wade freak out with his dunks. Very good basketball player. <laughs> yeah, he's wild. Um, I can't wait to watch him. He's, he's probably my
2: favorite one coming in that's going to be exactly. making me go to the tuck uh, yes, almost sir. every game, probably. Free entertainment. That's he- why I loved watching Terrence Mann be there. Um, yeah. Having, and, uh, having Kamaji, but all those cats up there, because after a while, just alley-oop, alley-oop, and it was just entertaining with Kofer and all those cats. Yeah. But Malachi Widman's going to kind of even up that up just a little bit more.
0: Oh yeah, like um, he was at he, he he wasn't really producing on the football field as much before his senior year because he wasn't focusing on it. He really thought he was going to be a full time or or really a most of the time basketball player.
4: Yeah. But
0: once he started doing more seven on seven, he started getting football offers. Um, he transferred to Venice Beach. Uh, one a uh, good um school they won the state championship in Florida a couple of years back in their classification. And yeah. it's also the same school as Thomas Schrader. Oh, okay. after a tackle commit. Boom. Yeah. Connections. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> so,
2: Wait, well Austin Austin can jump in here too about Malachi Weidman basketball side. Oh yeah,
0: he can. That's true. What do you yeah, think about that Yeah, Malachi? as far as I've heard, um
3: on his visit this past weekend he also visited with basketball and coach Hamilton and staff. Um as far as I know, yeah, he's still fully committed. He's good to go for Wednesday, um, and thankfully, he's taking a football scholarship and not basketball. <laughs>
0: exactly.
3: Yeah, there you go. Opens up
2: more
0: room for Leonard Hamilton on the basketball court. Right. Exactly. But yeah, he's a he's an excellent player. He actually made um like the SI first team All American, which is pretty impressive. It's the first uh, time they've done it. He made the list. That's pretty impressive for his um. His stats this senior year, he had 1,300 yards and 13 touchdowns. So he was triple teamed a lot. There are a lot of his Twitter highlights. He was like triple teamed. He was catching it over triple teams. He was double teamed constantly, but he always bought out his. He honestly, if I had a pro comparison, like almost like a more af- well, I wouldn't say a more athletic, well, like a more springy, a more jumpy um version of Des Bryant in cool. terms of because his catch in traffic is so good. And that's Des Bryant's best trait is his catch in traffic. The fact that Des Bryant can mark can get like three defenders are around Des Bryant, he still catches the ball. That's not like Kai wide Yeah. He's one of those guys. He's a throw him up, bust him up, wide receiver. <laughs> you throw it up, bust him up. He catches it over four guys. He's in the end zone it, he's one of those guys, especially if we can get him in a good weight, strength and conditioning program, get him, put him on weight. Because he's, he's, he's going to need weight for both sports, really, basketball and football. He's going to need to gain weight, especially playing in the ACC. In both, you know, he's going to need to gain weight, period. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's, it's going to help him in both sports. He's, he has, like I said, sky high potential. Like I said, he's not ever going to have that body type that Dez Bryant has, that huge frame that Dez Malachi mean, was not going to have. That well, actually, well, maybe a better comparison would be AJ Green because in terms of body type, they're more similar. But um, he's not. But he, that catching traffic, that speed, those long strides, very dangerous on the next level. He's going to be a very dangerous receiver and a dangerous player on the basketball mm-hmm. court as well. He's going to be. Alley oops all day with this guy. I want to uh, watch.
2: What about what about uh, Demori Tate,
0: corner? Oh, yeah. Very good. The highest ranked commit in the class. He's the best player in the class right now, period. Yeah. Even if Chubba Purdy signs on Wednesday, we get Griffiths, whoever we get on fe- in February, DeMory Tate is going to be the best player in the class. He can play cornerback. When you watch his highlights, they're, they're elite. Like, anybody can watch this man's highlights and be like, well, that guy's probably going to play as a freshman. He has a chance to break any rotation. You know, he has great awareness. He has great athleticism. He has great technique. And even in his high school highlights, he's turning he's turning his head for the ball and catching it. When was the last time we <laughs> seen the FSU DB do that? That's <laughs> it true. That's what he did it in high school. Already. You don't even need to coach him to do that. He's doing it naturally. He just knows how to do it. Um, he's springy, he's six one. He um I mean, he has a he's very fast, he can cover a lot of ground, he's not six one with no hips, he has very loose hips, he's a fluid athlete. I mean, this like I said, he's the best player in the class, he's been committed to FSU for a long time, he's locked in, and he's gonna be um a, the crown jewel of this class and quite frankly a defensive building block for coach Adam Fuller and whoever the D B coach is going to be. We don't know who that's going to be yet. But whoever the D B coach is going to be, they're going to have a lot of fun with Demory Tate. Cause I think he can break into this rotation as a freshman. And I think he should because just because of his length and his athletic ability. Now, we don't know, you know, we had the whole situation with Travis J. So he might, you know, take a lot of time because he um couldn't play last year. So if Travis Jay comes back in and he does what we expect him to do, he's going to, you know, Tate might have to wait a little longer to get on the field. But he has a solid shot. He's the best player in the class, a bit in a clutch to get him to sign early and not, you know, flip to any other team, basically, because it would have been a bad miss. We need this man. I want. I want to
2: um, go. I want to go from you know a, a guy like that, but then drop all the way down to Zane Herring, who's been a bell cow for this class uh, for a long while, and you see him trying to help recruit on Twitter. And uh, used to be him, Sims, and Griffiths, but now it seems like he's yeah. lost on. He's a solo dolo right now, but he, yes, he, Zane definitely. Herring is a big cat. Yeah, he's def- champion. He's
0: definitely big man. He's one of those guys who was um, Madison County, like he uh, like we said, same school as Travis J. We were just talking about him. Two um straight state championships. They're a very a uh, very well-oiled machine. They have a lot of future talent that the FSU should be looking into as well. But um he's just a very good offensive lineman. He um his technique has improved. He's bulked up. He's always been one of those guys who you want to um, come into the program, redshirt them, and just watch them develop and watch them go. And FSU hasn't been able to do that on the offensive line in a long time. And he's one of those guys. That's, and him, Lloyd Willis, the offensive tackle from um, down from Miami, who's signing Wednesday. Those are guys you want to bring into your program, redshirt them. And then one to two years after they registered, they're a starter or they're really good at depth. That, that, that's where you want to be at when you're recruiting these sort of guys. And honestly, Thomas Schrader, too. You know, all of the offensive linemen we're signing, you want to register all of these guys, to be honest. You know, you don't want to be in a position where you have to play any of these guys. So hopefully, um, but they're all excellent offensive linemen. We probably need another Juco, maybe a grad transfer, Devery Hamilton from Stanford. That would be awesome if we got him. Um, and maybe a Juco. We're offering some Juco linemen. It would be good if we added a Juco linemen. Um, But, yeah, Zane Herring, definitely the bell cow of the class. Definitely one of the better offensive linemen in the class. He's a mauler, better in run-blocking than he is in pass-blocking. Which is pretty normal for a high school offensive lineman, um, and he has a really good potential. Like we said, we don't know who the offensive line coach is going to be yet, but um, they have a lot. Of, they have a lot of building blocks to work with, even though it's not a lot. You know, they got Dante Lucas. You have Darius Washington, even though he got hurt. So, and you have a lot of other pieces that you want to kind of replace. You wanna, you kind of want to plug in a grad transfer right there at guard or a You know, a grad transfer at tackle. So, you know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. these are the kind of guys, like Zane Herring, these are the kind of guys who want to be like, you don't want Zane Herring to be like, to start in year one. Right. You know, you you want to bring him in year two or three and be like, now you're ready to start. And now, mm-hmm. you know, we have the depth behind you. You can just go ahead and go. But he does he have the potential to start at FSU? Yes. And he probably will in his um, career start at FSU. Probably a lot of games. Mm -hmm. Um, he's a good player. He, he has a lot of potential and, you know, he's going to work, you know, he's going to work. Excellent class. Uh, Well, well, excellent player in him. Uh, Let's see. Let me go back to, um, the wide receivers though, because a wide receiver that we don't talk about a lot is Ja'Kai Douglas from Louisiana. Okay. Yeah. I was wondering about uh, him. If you could tell them about him. I love Ja'Kai Douglas man. Let me, let me tell you guys. He's under he's one of the most least talked about recruits. He kind of committed out of nowhere. We really did.
1: Yeah. No one had any other all
0: um, Taggart and Dugan's and David Kelly were on them. It was like a random like weekend, and he just like popped up. I was like, oh, okay, this is good. Um <laughs> he has a lot of potential. He's a slot. He's like one of those five eight, five, nine guys, quicker than fast. Has good hands. He's versatile. Um, his senior year, he was kick. He had kick return touchdowns, punt return touchdowns. He was playing quarterback. He was playing <laughs> running back. He was playing receiver. All in the same game. This it was he was the main attraction when when his team stepped on the field. He really was. Um, he has excellent um footwork technique. I think he's going to be a really good start receiver for FSU. I think. Mike Norvell can um, – a guy like Ja'Kai Douglas, he can put him in space, get him running east-west, in, in, uh, um, get him running um, north-south on some goal routes. I think Ja'Kai Douglas has a lot of potential. He had over 1,000 yards this year. He had, like – he de- he had over 10 touchdowns. Very versatile athlete. He can do it all for you. He has a lot of potential. And he can be a very good wide receiver, a very good wide receiver at three. You know, you need those guys. You need a guy like a, a Keyshawn Helton. You know who we really miss when he got hurt. We really miss him the rest of the year. So, you know, one of those guys who is going to be dependable, catch the ball in the middle of the field, do all the dirty work underneath. Um, and he's just one of those guys to complement uh, Malachi Weidman and a Brian Robinson, who I'm about to go into right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> Brian Robinson, he's going to be your second outside guy in this class. Mm-hmm. Um, he's from my, you know, he's from the South Beach area, Miami. Ronald Dugans is the key here. It was a very, very excellent move, a very shrewd move by Mike Norvell to announce Ron Dugans as uh, he was retaining him as our receiver coach before the official visit weekend. Very smart, because Malachi, you have Malachi Watman visiting. You had Ja'Kai Douglas visiting. You had Robinson visiting. Those are your receiver commits. They want to know who their coach is. Boom. They don't even have to ask you. They already know. he signed. Excellent job by Mike Norvell right there. Um, so, Brian Robinson, um, he's one of those guys who Dugans has targeted since he got the FSU job. One of the first calls he made when he was the FSU wide receiver coach was to Brian Robinson. Um. This is a guy who Dugans, when he was commit when he was coaching Miami got Robinson to commit to Miami for a while. Yeah. Uh, about six, seven months he was committed to Miami when Dugan was a coach. Dugan's obviously hired by FSU. Taggart gets him in. Um he's able to um get Robinson to decommit from Miami, play out the process. Robinson um in terms of stats in terms of football had an excellent senior year had about um 1200 1300 yards but he had 19 touchdowns had 19 touchdowns in one year in the senior year so i mean this man was going off every week so he's a a big play threat he can get down the field he can catch the ball over the middle he can moss you he's like even though he's not the fastest he has that kind of long speed kind of has like that that mid that low four or five mid four or five speed, that's fast enough to burn most DBs. So you're good in that area. He's not slow. He's you know he's very fast. Not so 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 you're
2: saying Dustin might have a chance. Yeah. Well, mm.
0: <laughs> he said, yeah. I, 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 I mean, if Dustin takes some HGH for a couple of months, he'll be sick. Oh, no. Dustin's got a lot to do. Yeah, so I would we'll need like that. a 30
1: yard head start to beat him in a
0: 40 yard. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, yeah, oh. at least. he then he would beat you walking backwards, probably. Goddamn. Oh, man. Yeah, man. That's Brian brilliant. Robinson. He's one of the. Um, he'd definitely be on the same tier of Malachi wyman I'd say. I say Brian Robinson and Malachi Weidemann are in the same exact tier in terms of talent, in terms of what they can do for FSU in the future. Um, he he's got a some really basketball craziness skills. Yeah, He uh, he'd be a really good get. Ron Dugans wants him in the class. FSU would love another wide receiver. You can can never have enough wide receivers at a school like FSU. You always need more playmakers. Mike Norvell, Coach Dillingham said it's a system built for playmakers. Um, And that's what it is, man. That's what Brian Robinson does. Um, He he took the visit. Going into the visit, he knew who his wide receiver coach was going to be. And basically, basically, that was all he needed to know. He had already been to FSU. FSU has already been leading the recruitment since he decommitted from Miami. Dugans is his favorite coach. FSU is in the state of Florida. He doesn't have to go, you know, anywhere. He can still play in a good conference. So on Wednesday, I'm pretty sure Brian Robinson is going to sign with FSU. It'll be a huge gift for Dugans. Expect him to be very excited. Expect all the coaches to be very excited because, like I said, this guy scored 19 touchdowns in his senior year. That's it in the senior year. That's wow. nothing true, in true, South true. Florida.
2: In South Florida, yeah, at the rich. That's rich nothing to frown at.
0: Right. That's nothing yeah. to frown at. That's nothing to sneeze at. That's yeah. very hard to do. He's a exactly. beast. It will be a huge cue to get him, and I think we do. It will be. Um. It will be a definitely boost. A boost into the recruiting rankings. Make you know another feather in Mike Norvell's cap, even though it'll be Dugans. Mike yeah. take the credit. We need him to take the credit. We 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 need we move we need more clout for Norvell. Let's be well,
2: honest. We, well, we we got. Let's see Monday now. Two more days, so we'll have an instant. I, I will most certainly jump back on here to recap Wednesday, of course. Oh, yeah, but sure. just overall, what's what? Just we'll end it off with like overall thoughts heading into Wednesday and and what you think the staff has done so far. Because obviously we'll get into it, but we watched the press conferences today. Um, and everybody's calling Dilly Dilly from the Bud Light commercial, <laughs> but Florida State's new offensive coordinator, uh, Dillingham talked about recruiting and, you know, he doesn't have, there's not a lot of time for these guys, but I mean, exactly. you're, you're, he says he's not really trying to sell himself. He said, how about you just go ahead, you know, telling the recruits, just call my former players and talk with them. Right. And see what they say about me. I don't need to do any of that kind of stuff. Just go talk to them. I don't have enough time to, you know, I'm not going to sell myself. You just go talk with former guys that I've coached and and have been successful. So, what do you think about
0: that is that uh, for interviews like like Coach Kenny, um, Mike Norvell, he said like the same thing that Coach Dillingham said. And then Coach Fuller kind of said the same thing that they both said. So it's like your head coach, your offensive coordinator, and your defensive coordinator are all on the same – they all have the same mindset. They're all thinking the same. And that's very key in terms of everything to do with the program Mm -hmm. and especially in recruiting because, like Coach Ellingham said today, kids can see when you're fake. And that's what I think they've done the best job of since they've gotten hired. Coach Mike Norvell has – told these kids i'm gonna be straight with you and he told them the truth and in the long run he's going to get way more respect it's going to open up way more doors because recruits even you know they they hate fake especially kids any age especially 16 17 18 15 probably the youngest you're going to recruit a 15 year old they all of these they can see the fake. And Mike Norville hasn't been taken with anybody. He was upfront with Jeff Sims. He was upfront with um Alex atcavage. He's been upfront with all of these guys, and they respect him for it. They don't It's not like they don't like the guy after. So I think that's what they've done the best job of doing. And besides that, probably closing the deal on the class that Taggart already had. Because uh, a lot of the recruits were decommitting. Of course, they couldn't get guys like Jalen Knighton back in the fold. They couldn't get a guy like Keyshawn Green back in the fold. You know, but if they would have had more time, they could have got those guys back. It was just with those, it's like there was so much against them when they were hired. They They didn't have the pull to get them back. But they did have the pull to, you know, Bring, bring in some quarterbacks. They did have the pull to keep the offensive line class together to keep the um the best ta- the most talented DBs they had committed. They're going to sign on Wednesday. They kept the linebackers besides Keyshawn Green. They kept them together. Stephen Dix Jr., a very good linebacker, had to, had to get his signature. He's going to be a good player. Jayon McCluster, a very good linebacker, very smart on the football field. Had to get his signature. He's going to be a very good player. Locked all these guys down. Um, even um Lawrence Horsfieldy, running back. You need running backs. Cam Akers is going to leave. Jalen Knighton flipped to Miami after Taggart left. And your um your depth chart is like Kalen Layborn, um who may or may not be here. Anthony <laughs> Grant, who just decided he was going to come back. And then it's like Jayshon Sheffield. I mean, bro, you mm-hmm. need running backs. <laughs> yeah. and So to get Lawrence O'Feele to, to sign, even with no running back coach, is is a good deal to me. I mean, keeping that current class was critical. And now you have to add to it. So that's what I think they're doing now. They're sending out JUCO offers. They're um, really being... Pragmatic in their approach to recruiting. they being, uh, especially Dillingham, he's following all of the Juco guards. A player enters the portal, like um, J- uh, Joey Yellen, the Arizona State quarterback, in- entered the portal today. Dillingham was on them. Jay Sean Corbin, a former FSU commit, all SEC freshman first team under Jimbo Fisher and AM, his second year against Clemson this past season, he gets hurt. In the um in the second half, I think he's out for the whole year. And the portal. That's a, that's a running back. That's a position of need. Mm-hmm. He's by by fall by fall camp. He's going to be healthy. He can help your football team. So getting players like that in, that's the next step in February. But so far in December with the early signing period, with a lot stacked against them, they've done. I I mean I'd give them an A. Especially mm-hmm. if they were able to flip Purdy, get mm-hmm. Griffiths, get um, Marvin Joseph. Guys like oh, that yeah. this time on Wednesday, that would be huge. Like, yeah. F, As an FSU fan, you really, based on the situation, you can't ask yeah. for more than that. So at the end of the day, Norvell's doing a great job so far. The key is to close the deal on Wednesday in, on, in February and in January. Attack the grad transfers, attack the Juco's, get them in.
2: Well, we'll have we'll have a lot to recap after Wednesday. I'm sure we'll jump on here when Jeremiah is available, and we'll get on here and talk recruiting and recap the early signing day. And uh, I know we'll be covering that like craziness over there at com. We're already preparing for that too. Uh, so let's let's jump into uh, a little bit of what's happened this week. Uh, we can start today uh, with the press conferences, and I I think. Uh, most of us saw them or saw clips, but I remember I watched it today, and both coordinators talked to the media, um, and it, w- it was pretty pretty interesting to me. It, it feels a lot different than Taggart's staff and what he brought in. Uh, these guys are, are seem very intellectual, and, and they're, they're smart, and uh, I'm not saying that the former staff wasn't smart that Taggart brought in, but they, they seem... Uh, like focused, and the number one thing that st- stood out to me and and Austin, if you're you're there, I'll, I'll let you comment too. But it seemed like they're very, um, they're so high on Norvell and wanting to work with him. They see the chemistry, they see what he's proven at his past jobs, but also they've worked with him and also in the past. And you know how much they wanted to come here and be with him. Obviously, this is Florida State, and they said that a lot in the press conference, but. Uh, being able to work with Norvell and, and what kind of chemistry definitely uh, Dilly Dilly Dillyan Hand the offensive coordinator will have with Norvell is something that was special to why he left Auburn uh, to come to Florida State.
3: Yeah, no, yeah, I the mean, fact they wanted to come back with uh, Norvell just shows uh, how important Norvell is to them. Um, we we talked a few times about how there may have been some differences with Taggart and his staff. So for staff to actually get along, it's been a few years since we've seen that.
1: Yeah, one thing that I thought is they looked very comfortable and prepared talking to the media. I mean, before each question that was asked them, they took the time to greet each mm-hmm. media member. And they I mean, they were just very respectful. They knew what they wanted to say when they got up there. And I mean, it just feels like obviously the full staff isn't in place, but... With the head coach, the offensive and defensive coordinators uh, set now, it feels like there's a really good amount of cohesion within the staff, and, and they know what they want to do moving forward. They have a plan.
2: I think uh, Dillingham had mentioned, the offensive coordinator, mentioned that him and Norvell are actually rimmed together right now, um, and he was commenting also on how in the past, you know, if they uh, – if it's last minute and they're trying to get something going play, or if they're trying to draw something up, they usually click easily and they have that kind of chemistry. Uh, and that's something that he was thrown out to the media a lot that his, his relationship with Norvell, uh, he's, he respects Norvell a lot. Um, and he's very thankful for uh, Norvell for bringing him through his career. And, and now he's at Florida state. Uh, and they said that they, um, are gonna they're they're gonna try to do a lot of a lot of things for playmakers that's been the top thing that Norvell has been saying since the opening press conference conference when he arrived at Tallahassee it feels like Norvell has been here for a lot longer but it's been a, it's been a feels like a long mm-hmm. week but i mean he has done a lot um, but he said this is this is going to be a team uh, for playmakers, obviously, he's pushing out that recruiting, but uh, Dillingham also put it out there today and then showed his track record with players that had some great stats and, you know, quarterback situation, too, of having a lot of yards and both passing, touchdown numbers, and a little bit of rushing, too.
1: Yeah, I mean, they, they know what they want to do. They, they're going to bring the same, I think we're going to see the same defensive system that Fuller ran at Memphis, which was a hybrid 4 3. And then offensively, I know Dillingham mentioned they wanted to run more of an up-tempo, pro-style type system. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they they already know exactly what they want to run. They know what kind of players are going to be able to fit their system. And as you've seen with how they're attacking the recruiting trail, they're going out to try and find these guys to bring them into the system and, and have some success. And in the meantime, yeah, there's going to be some placeholders from – Jimbo Fisher and, and Willie Taggart's rosters that they're going to have to work with to kind of ease into their systems.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, if that's everything we got from the press conference, unless anybody has anything more that they're impressed I mean, Adam Fuller, I was just talking to y'all before we started recording. Yeah. Uh, I could tell by his voice that he's cussed out, he's chewed out <laughs> a, a good amount of... Yeah, the good amount that of players a, in his past. Exactly. You know you can you can just tell with that voice, that raspiness, that he's lost it multiple, right. multiple, multiple, multiple times, and he looks his his physical features are a little bit different. As he just seems a little bit more scarier than Barnett.
0: <laughs> like a yeah. lot of people are saying it today, but he actually does a like a comic book hero. Kind of villain character. He has that type of vibe going on, man. That you really don't want to mess with this guy. But he was so cold and calculated to me when he was yeah. talking, especially when he was getting into the football. He was talking football. He was like, "This is this, then this, then this. That will result in this. Then this will happen." It was very like structured, and I was like, "Okay, okay, you know what you're talking about. You're getting me hyped." Mm-hmm. So. Like like he's still like he's like a very like kind, kind of like an Odell, where he's calm. But you know he's going to like cut you out if he needs to. Yeah, yeah he kind of reminded me of Odell. Scarier. Mickey,
1: Mickey Andrews.
2: Yeah,
0: that's a better one, Mickey.
2: Yeah, he talked about Mickey Andrews too and how. Um, how he's looking really forward to meeting him, um, and hoping he can meet him soon because uh, it'd be a proud moment for him being able to meet the former defensive coordinator. But yeah, it seems like if Adam Fuller uh, he could flip a switch real quick, and you know I think that's what fans are, you know, looking for with what's been happening. What Tiger brought to the table was just a little bit more ease. Uh, on the sideline, guys making the stupid mistakes. But, you know, you make a stupid mistake and then, you know, you can tap on the helmet, blah, blah, blah. But, I mean, it would be numerous. I mean, it'd be back to back to back and it would just be the same thing over again. I mean, I think Florida State fans were also used to seeing Jimbo Fisher. And it doesn't matter who you were. Uh, it could right. be Jalen Ramsey. It could be Jameis Winston. Uh, we saw numerous times on uh, national TV him pulling Jameis Winston's face mask and chewing him out. Right. Um, and I think – I think, and I, I, I'm big on being – you know uh, the the discipline situation. I think it does have to be pretty strong here at Florida State, um, and definitely defensively. But you know, it seems like he could flip a switch real quick. If you're going to screw something up, or you're going to talk mm-hmm. back, or you're going to make the same mistake again, or you're going to screw something up on the on during the game and make stupid penalties, I really wouldn't want to walk back to the sideline. I'll just go ahead and say that.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't want to exactly. Fix that. He, he's he's in your face and you can tell he's like that in every aspect in recruiting in a film room in a practice during a game that you can tell he always has that same mindset which is what we need in a defensive coordinator and, um, and in terms of Dillingham I was just impressed with his um with his maturity with his knowledge of the game um and really, um, how fast he's risen in the profession is really impressive. And he's already has a good recruiting resume already. So definitely, him impressing me too. I was impressed with both of them. Mm-hmm.
2: What else do we have on here? We got we got a lot of we got a lot of stuff on here. So of course, uh, what happened today it became official from Ole Miss. Uh, former offensive line uh, coach Randy Clements is going to be heading. Uh, over with Lane Kiffin. Uh, he's going to be leaving Florida State. Um, any thoughts on that, guys? He came from Houston with Bryles. They were hand-in-hand. Hand, it seems like they're probably going to be splitting off from each other because don't, don't, we're not expecting, of course, Kendall Bryles an offensive coordinator to go over the Ole Miss because they already grabbed their offensive coordinator.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you said, oh. Ole Miss hired Jeff Lebby, and now um, Clements and Bryles are, are going to be splitting up for, for their next coaching stops. Kind of, it's kind of interesting because we we thought of them as more of a package deal coming into Tallahassee, and you know now not even a year later they're they're splitting ways and and going elsewhere. But it's mm-hmm. uh, so it's definitely a nice landing spot for Clements. I'm I'm sure he was hoping to stick around in Tallahassee for a bit longer, but I mean with with having to pretty much flush out the entire Taggart regime, I mean Clements had to go as well.
3: Yep. Yeah, Beth, I think yeah. Clements made his mark. Um, I remember reading an article uh, from Deshaun Reed of The Athletic. Um, Abdul Bell was mentioning if he'd had Clements here his entire career, he would have been a much better player. And that's not only a dig on the previous staff, but also uh, credit to how good Clements is at his job. So um, mm-hmm. ho- hopefully the guy we get in next, I know there's already rumors on who it will be, but hopefully he's just as impactful and he can make these kids better players.
1: Yeah, it's just tough because, I mean, you've got guys – dating back to Jimbo Fisher's final year in 2017. So guys who will be seniors in 2020 will have gone through four offensive line coaches. You had Rick Trickett, you had Greg Fry, you had Randy Clements, and now you have maybe Chris Thompson from from TCU. So we shall see. But, I mean, like, like guys have gone through three head coaches now in three years, uh, position coaches as well. Guys are just going right through position coaches. So crazy situation for some of the veterans on this roster. Treshawn
2: Harrison is, has entered the transfer portal. Um, and we saw flashes early on from his career and we were really excited about watching him this season. Um, and then under tagger with, with what, offense we were expected to see uh, from the tagger and, and, and company. But, Trayshawn Harrison has entered the transfer portal and, you know, he had some little bit of some inconsistency this year and it seemed to be back-to-back games. Um, there was grabs where, you know, usually he does catch them, but there were drops, but, uh, you know, that was Taggart's guy coming from Seattle. Uh, this was Taggart's guy. And, and, you know, I don't think a lot of us are shocked by this.
1: No, not at all. I mean, really the, the only reason he ended up committing to Florida State is because of Willie Taggart. He was committed to Taggart at Oregon. And then whenever Willie got hired by FSU, he made Treshawn Harrison uh, literally the highest profile recruit of uh, Tribe 18, spent a lot of time landing him out of Seattle. And yeah, I mean, for Treshawn, it's just unfortunate because two years later, the the guy you wanted to learn from throughout your collegiate career is gone, and you have to find a new a new spot. So, I'm sure we'll see Harrison probably head back more towards the West Coast. There's just another
3: notion mm-hmm. that you should commit to the school and not the coach, because you never know where the coach is I mean, from. yeah.
0: Yeah, that too.
1: He could always reconsider his decision, though. I mean, he's in the portal, so if he does exactly. like what he hears from Norvell, I mean, Harrison could always come back to Florida State. So, really, it's a situation where We'll wait and see. Yeah.
0: Yeah, the port. Yeah, the, it's not a guarantee. The portal's never a guarantee. They can always come back.
1: Yep.
2: So. Yep. Here's a good conversation that we were talking about a little bit before we started recording. But this one, I mean, it's not a surprise for maybe the other one. But uh, Alex Hornibrook and Dontavious Jackson will not. Uh, we, we weren't expecting maybe Alex Hornibrook to play in the bowl game. But Alex Hornibrook and Dontavius Jackson have decided to skip ball game and start early uh, training for the NFL draft. Uh, what draft
1: did you say? What draft?
2: I said the uh, National Football <laughs> League uh,
3: draft that's coming up. <laughs> so we're talking about the same National Football League, mm-hmm. not like England's National Football League. <laughs> I'm not entirely sure. Are you sure?
0: Are you sure you're not talking about a completely different sport entirely?
2: I might. I don't know. I mean, I was just going off of what we saw was told by us to from Odell Higgins that they're training uh, for a draft. I think uh, you got the
1: notes mixed up. There's no way they're training for the NFL draft. You must have
2: mixed something up there. Nah, sadly not. Dontavis Jackson is gonna. Uh, he's not gonna want to risk his. Um, what do you say? He doesn't want to risk anything that he has right now and lose it at, in a ballgame. Stock. He thinks, yeah, he, uh, he, he already has enough tape from what what he thinks.
0: Well, he That's certainly the best does joke have I've tape. Ever heard. He does have tape. Well, it's
2: not so good tape, but it's tape. it's tape. He doesn't want to ruin the draft stock that he's got.
3: <laughs> he has as good I, has a I, good of chance of getting drafted as I do of
0: dating Victoria Justice.
2: Okay, when? No, then.
0: No, uh, I'd, put, I'd put his chance to get a draft in more. more. Ooh, I'd oh, say that's oh. yeah, solid. I'd say more. Damn. I'd say, I'd say more. <laughs> I what do you guys think about Alex
1: Hornybrook, future NFL Hall of Famer? <laughs> <I> <laughs> <think> if by <laughs> football we mean soccer,
3: his throat does kind of look like a kick. It so.
2: does. <laughs> 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 yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, Dontavius, I mean, y'all just need to be, just be respectful, and uh, he could have a chance here. Uh, he does not want to ruin any kind of draft stock that he already might have, and he doesn't want to get injured in the big bowl game.
0: Uh, that's, Against Arizona State. Yeah, big, big bowl game. Huge bowl game. It's the Tony the Tiger. It's great. Sun Bowl. You know, I remember I
1: remember when Don Tavius Jackson was a, a big recruit. Oh yeah. That yeah. just goes that was to a show good you Houston, Houston boys. Recruiting, the numbers don't mean shit. I mean literally. Because right. I remember it was it was the class before Marvin Wilson. We landed yeah, Don Tavius Jackson out of Texas and we were really exci- excited moving into the next cycle because we figured that relationship would help us land Marvin Wilson, which it did. And I mean that's really the best thing Don Taves Jackson ever did in his career. He got Marvin Wilson to Tallahassee. Yeah, we <laughs> thought he was going to fix
3: our linebacker problems, and he arguably made them worse. <laughs> and he's just twisting well, we, running
1: backs' necks in the pile and cra- I don't know. Right. You know,
0: and it also proves how the recruiting under Jimbo fell off tremendously in that last two years. Yeah. His evaluations were just garbage <laughs> for two straight seasons. You know, so well, I think. Fight anything.
2: I think y'all are just hating them on, on Dontavius Jackson. Oh well. Should we not? <laughs>
0: That's my
1: comment on him leaving the team. Oh well.
2: <laughs> You're not saying it like the video.
4: Oh, he well, I mean,
0: could. I
1: don't... Maybe if, we'll...
0: if if he's a good special teamer, the sky's the limit <laughs> from there. <laughs> That's going to keep him on a <laughs> roster. Special teams. Speaking yeah, of the ball, bowl-
3: great jokes here.
2: Yeah, this is great. If you're coming here for football or basketball coverage or even baseball, you're in the wrong place. We, we make some pretty good jokes. <laughs> we should change the category from football to comedy on iTunes. Don whoa. Tavis
1: Jackson will have a shorter NFL career than Jalen Wilkerson. Whoa. <laughs> Damn, whoa. out of nowhere, Jalen Wilkerson gets away.
0: Whoa. Oh, that's great. <laughs> from Four. the top rope or – whoa, Okay. Retired NFL, Retired NFL player. Retired NFL player Jalen Wilkerson.
1: After one <laughs> nah, and a half nah. years. Is
0: <laughs> oh, there
1: man. that one? <laughs> so, yeah. Well, I mean, no, nah, he's been a free agent for like a year of that, year and a half, so <laughs>
3: Yeah. Sounds about right.
2: There you go. Uh, speaking of the bowl game too, let's get into a little bit of that because we have not been able to discuss this on Here the Spear, but Florida State's gonna be facing Arizona State and El Paso and pretty much the Tiger Arizona. Bowl. Yeah,
0: <laughs> uh, yeah the they're gonna be facing old. Edwards. Yep. It sounds yeah, like a Edwards. Roadies. It's really not. Um if we if we were even a slightly better team, I'd probably be way more excited for this game, <laughs> to be honest. Uh because Jaden Daniels, he's a good quarterback, he's a true freshman. Um Arizona State has a good offense. I mean, we're supposed we supposedly have a good offense, so it will be a good game. Hopefully we score some points. We're gonna get yeah, to the, the,
1: the thing that worries me is that I mean Jaden Daniels is a true freshman. He's been really excellent throwing the ball. He's completed sixty two point three percent of his passes, seventeen touchdowns and two interceptions, two almost three thousand yards. He's got two thousand seven hundred and forty eight. So
0: I mean, like we know,
1: the worst part of Florida State's defense is the linebackers and the defensive backfields covering down the field and especially with Arizona State running back Eno Benjamin deciding to go ahead and declare for the, the draft and sit out this bowl game. I think we'll we'll really see the Sun Devils try and throw the ball. And that's mm, that I'm not very fun. excited to <laughs> yeah. see that.
0: That's an astute observation, Jet Destin. <laughs> Also, a saddening one. <laughs> Maybe like, too astute.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I wonder which way they'll probably throw that ball. Anyone <laughs> want to oh, take a man. guess?
1: <laughs> but, I mean, I, I really feel like this is, a, this is a good bowl game for Florida State because some of the projections coming out were like FSU versus Florida Atlantic and in the Independence yeah. Bowl. And now you get to actually play against a quality team, a quality program that – Herm Edwards is is building over there mm-hmm. in or at Arizona State, so this is going to be a good bowl game. Two middle of the pack teams stacking up stacking up against each other. I just really feel like with the coaching turnover we're seeing on Florida State staff before the bowl game, all the assistants probably won't be here for the bowl game. Like I'm not expecting Clements now and, and some of the other guys to to coach right. in a couple of weeks. And I just feel like Florida State not having as many staff members out there, the the crazy turnover we've seen with Mike Norbell being hired, they're they're just not going to be able to pull out a win in this one.
2: Yeah. Well, the interesting thing here to me, which I think we should take a have a key takeaway, is that uh, Florida State and Arizona State have some of the are probably the most prettiest women uh, from both colleges, <laughs> um, and they're big two big party schools too.
1: No I think
0: they're
2: doubt. both top no five doubt. in the nation, actually.
0: Yeah, I mean, top this, five, top five.
2: I wish this bowl game was like a little bit uh, at a better place in El Paso, but uh, we could really because then that would probably make a real, <laughs> real reason <After>. to go.
1: <laughs> hey, you never know. A couple players, couple players might go over the border and get kidnapped by the cartel. So there's definitely some interesting storylines that could come out of this one. Well, I
2: wasn't really thinking. Didn't even that ponder going. that
1: one, huh? I didn't. I, I didn't. didn't. Hit it.
3: Why would we? That was actually-
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, That could actually yeah. happen. I'm, I'm yeah. just saying. They need to put out like a flyer or something to everybody.
0: <laughs> you got to let them know. <laughs> yeah, that's
2: interesting one thing that we don't even have listed on here but i mean this is still a big one but i think we of course expected this about middle of the season was cam Akers has announced that he's going to declare for the 2020 nfl yeah. draft He is going to not play in the bowl game i uh, i like this he does i think uh, i mean he still i think would have a pretty uh, uh i think he still could have some taping in it against Arizona state. But I mean, this whole season, he, he pretty much did what he had to do with that offensive line. He had, uh, he shaped what he shaped, uh, himself, uh, different from what he had last year. And he approved, you could tell his work ethic. I mean, the I mean, if we go back to the early part of the season too, uh, his conditioning that he had to put through during the off season uh, and how many snaps he was getting, uh, during the season and the nonstop nonstop. And he was still, uh, 110% effort, uh, he, he did a good job. Uh, and I think uh, he's going to kill it, most certainly, uh, training-wise, getting ready for this for the combine and, and the draft, because uh, I think with a, with a decent offensive line, he, he could be uh, another g- a good running back for uh, the Noles to look to in the NFL.
1: Yeah, and like you said, yeah, I, yeah. I think it was the best decision for, Cam, to go ahead and declare, I mean, he's taken a lot of workload during his three years at Florida State, particularly particularly this year, carrying the entire offense no matter the game. I mean, really, what else can you say about the guy? True Seminole, and no hard no hard thoughts at all towards him about sitting out the bowl and going ahead to go prepare for the NFL. Yeah, it's not like
3: this is a playoff game. This, at the, end of this <laughs> at the end of the day, this bowl game doesn't really matter. Um, it's just for pride and for extra practices. Um, it's better for him to not take that chance of injury, especially if he's going to get a second or third round grade. There, there's no point in him playing. It's better for him and his career to just sit it out, focus on the draft, and go get that bag.
2: Mm -hmm. real real quick tip here too uh it was announced today i think we're before we started recording florida state bat uh, baseball is preseason ranked number 15 in the country um a lot of us on here aren't baseball uh, pros analysts in this situation so i was going to give it to dustin to talk about but uh, he said he's going to give it a break for a little bit. He's going to start studying it next week. But yeah, there's a little note there. Uh, I would mean,
1: say I know that Mike Martin Jr. is bringing a lot of excitement to Tallahassee prior to his, his first season as the, the head coach. And they've done a really good job already getting some talented recruits for this class and also future clashes. So they're going to be well stocked for, for the future of this program. And, um, yeah, I mean, it should be really exciting in in his first year after, what was it, 40, 41 straight years of his father coaching the team. I mean, that's just got to be a big moment for him as well.
2: Yep, exactly. Uh, Jameis Winston has thrown back-to-back 450-yard games. He is the first NFL quarterback to do this. Uh, How about that? I mean, you know, I feel like, I mean, it is. (laughs) It's facts. Every first drive, he's throwing interceptions. But it seems like that's all he needs, and then he just starts unloading on people. Uh, and he's been a machine uh, the last few weeks. You know, he, he has consistency, then it drops, and then he has consistency. Uh, but he's he's playing with wide receivers uh, that you don't even know who the names are. But now that, uh, uh, you know, he's, he's got Godwin, but, you know, he's got guys that, you know, Mike Evans has gone to. But he's, he's working with talent that, you know weren't really expecting to get a lot of playing time this season
1: yeah really it was not looking good for Jameis Winston's future in Tampa Bay a couple weeks ago but now the Buccaneers they've won four straight games back to seven and seven after a three and three and seven start and Jameis Winston has really been the main reason they've won a lot of these games like you said Logan back to back 450 plus yard performances and Winston he's He's still not really cutting down on the turnovers, but he's doing enough outside of turning the ball over to to win the game for like he threw he threw the interception on the first drive against Detroit, responded the rest of the game by throwing four touchdowns and four hundred and fifty-eight yards with a backup wide receiving core, like you mentioned. So I I think it's very possible that Tampa Bay goes ahead and, and franchises Jameis Winston this offseason. Um, and then probably get another look at him in in 2020 before deciding to make a decision on a long term extension.
3: Mm-hmm. It's just the most Jameis ever. He's leading the league in passing yards and interceptions,
1: <laughs> and he also has set a a new Bucks franchise record for touchdown passes.
3: Yeah, so, it, so it's the playing, most Jameis ever.
1: It, it literally is. He's playing. He's playing great. I mean, he would he would probably nearly be in the MVP conversation if he had 12 less interceptions. But he's got 30 touchdown passes, 24 interceptions, 4,573 passing yards. So it's like, what what do you do with that?
3: <laughs> if he had 12 less interceptions, he'd be top 7 in <laughs> most interceptions thrown. So.
1: Which is cr- which is crazy. I mean... My
3: feet were so sweaty. My upper lip and my forehead...
2: I don't know what's on Jeremiah's what? mic. What you watching, Jeremiah?
0: I just got back on. I, I that don't
2: was know like what this... Yeah, it, it kicked out. I don't know what was up there with the upper lip thing. What you
4: watching? <laughs> what on earth? It...
2: Oh. It's gone now. Yeah, it's gone now. You're good. <laughs> that was funny. Yeah, I know, it, it kicked them out, but we're back.
0: Oh,
2: okay. No, 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 we just heard whatever was going on in the background.
0: I don't know, I have SVP on. I don't
2: know what yeah, no, I guess it's coming through on the mic. <laughs> oh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I was close to the TV, that's why. That's probably why. Uh, and then let's, let's jump into also Dalvin Cook, which was announced today that he was voted in the top five. Uh, for the Pro Bowl over Christian McCaffrey. So he's a top running back voted for the Pro Bowl for the 2019-2020 season. He's
1: How about that? He's also in the top five All of the players that have been injured the most in 2019. All
3: right. <laughs> <laughs> we did not have to go there. Right. <laughs> Poor um, Yeah, I mean, they're still saying he could play through the injury, um, especially with a huge Monday night game against Green Bay this weekend, and a, it really, it's not a division-defining game, but it has huge playoff implications. Um, they're saying he could play through it, but I, I have a feeling he'll sit out at least this game and probably the last game against Chicago as well, just to make sure he's ready for the playoffs. Um, hopefully he's ready, but it's great to see that the fans want him in the Pro Bowl because he's the best running back in the league.
2: Exactly.
3: Well-deserved.
2: Well... Deserved. Yeah, he is. that one's fun to watch. Well, I think that will pretty much do it. We got the FSU trivia, though. We don't ever leave that away. I think uh, Austin's got a 2-1 to lead on Dustin before Jeremiah. That,
1: before that, three to five minutes, I just wanted to, for Austin, and, my, and I mean, if you guys too. but let's talk quickly about Florida State basketball oh, taking yeah, yeah, yeah. UNF tomorrow in, in the tuck. Oh, UNF's
3: going to be annoying. It's going to be such an annoying game. They're first in both three-point makes and three-point attempts.
1: I saw they're, that. <laughs> they're shooting at like
3: 38%. It's going to be an annoying game. They're going to hit shots. And you're like, all right, what are we supposed to do? Um, they get a fair amount of offensive rebounds just because they're shooting so many threes and there's so many long rebounds that they just chase down. It's going to be a lot like the Western Carolina game, just hopefully not as close.
1: Yeah, I mean, they're they're shooting 37.8% from downtown. Their leading scorer. Carter Hendrickson is actually shooting forty two point five percent from downtown and he's averaging 17.2 points per game. So I'm sure we'll we'll say we'll see him take five to six shots from outside tomorrow night. But yeah, I mean, a really a tough mid major coming in here to Tallahassee. And if they get hopped from behind the three point line, like we've seen some of these other teams do against Florida State, I mean FSU could once again be be looking at uh, a double-digit deficit and having to fight back in the second half. So, yeah, I mean, this is going to be an in- interesting game. Florida State's had, I believe it'll be, oh, what is it, two weeks off, Austin, or is it a week Nine off? Nine days. Nine days off because mm. uh, of, of finals week last week. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how fast they come out in this one against UNF and if the Ospreys can continue to be hot from downtown. Yeah, and UNS, one of my favorite mid-majors. I grew up
3: not even 10 minutes from that, and I'm, I used to be pretty good friends with their head coach's son. So I, I've been in that gym. I've been in his house. It's a great family, and he's built a pretty good program there. Came from Baylor in West Virginia, and they've now become the Birds of Trey, which I think is a great nickname for as many threes as they shoot. Wow, um, oh, That's <laughs> not bad. It's pretty no, good. They had think. it on their shirts last year. It's pretty cool. Um, yeah, they're just gonna they're just gonna shoot. They shoot more threes than they do twos. Um, little little hint for my preview article tomorrow. They're one of four teams in the country doing that. But um, yeah, they're just gonna shoot. That's all they're gonna do. They don't even care about defense. They're allowing something like 75 <laughs> points a game.
1: <laughs> wow. <laughs> do they still have the same coach from from that viral meme a couple years ago? Yeah, of same the guy guy. Just That's, that's Coach Trice.
3: Yep, that's Coach Tristan. Nice. He's, he's a great dude. Seriously, one of the best dudes I've ever been around. He's he's a great coach and a great leader.
1: Yeah, I feel like I always get UNF mixed up with FGCU a little bit. Yeah, it's understandable. Same same conference. But, yeah, I mean, should be a, a pretty good game tomorrow night in the Tucker then, Center.
3: Yeah, and then Saturday yeah. you've got South Florida. Just getting all the geographical locations of Florida this week. Um. South Florida is a lot worse this year than I thought they were going to be. I'm shocked. I really am. I thought they were going to be a really tough game coming in, but they're sitting at six and four, and they got smoked by Boston College, which is all you need to know about them.
1: Yeah, I mean, really, these next four games, Florida State should probably win by by a decent margin. UNF, USF, like you said, then they play North Alabama, and then they play Georgia Tech, who's probably the worst team in the ACC before finally traveling. To, Louis- to louisville on january 4th to open the new year yeah i don't know if georgia tech's the worst
3: they're definitely bottom four but i don't, I don't know if they're the worst
1: they're pretty bad
3: they're yeah they're horrible but i, I think mm-hmm. boston college or no wake forest is probably the worst
0: man What's crazy wake forest has fallen off in basketball Shame. <laughs> they get one
3: great player every fifteen years, yeah. and then you never jo- hear from him John again.
0: Collins, right? John Collins.
3: Yeah, John Collins. And before that was they had Alfru Camino, and they had Chris Paul and Tim Duncan. But it's every so yeah. often, they just get some crazy good player, and then you don't hear from him for ten years.
2: Beautiful. Right. Well, are you ready to get the trivia? Let's
3: I'm ready to nail this.
2: Here we go. Is Jeremiah yeah. involved? Yeah, he's going to be involved. He'll get he'll get some because he'll probably. Uh, He'll see if he can, because next time we record, it'll probably be the recap uh, early uh, national signing day. So
1: yeah,
2: we'll get a, we'll get him back on too. So we'll, he'll he'll have a chance here. He'll have a chance here to get some points. All right, let's start off with this one. Our FSU trivia on here the spear. Which of these four Seminoles was chosen the highest in the NFL draft? Deion Sanders, Peter Work, Peter bullwear or Andre. Wadsworth.
1: Andre Wadsworth.
0: Wadsworth. Who's yeah, there?
1: Wadsworth.
2: Wadsworth is the correct answer. Next question is going to be which state was quarterback Chris, Chris Ricks from?
3: It's from Cali,
0: right? California, right?
1: California. California,
2: California is correct going to start getting tougher now
1: oh boy yeah
3: yeah it's a baseball question we're all fucked.
2: right (laughs) yeah i i won't i won't be going there for you
1: gotta get some basketball mixed up in here
2: yeah we got to find some next question it's gonna be an interesting one for all y'all fsu set a record for most consecutive top five finishes what is the total
3: 14.
2: 14 13 Oh, Jeremiah. 14, <laughs> oh, dang it. 13. It was close. It was close. But Jeremiah has been thrown off the ledge.
3: <laughs> <laughs> <Eliminated>. <laughs> Mario Party style.
2: Yep, yep. He's flicked off. One and out. It's all right. It's all right. There's still time next uh next time we record to come back. All right, here is the next one. Who intercepted and scored a touchdown on Elvis Gerbach's first play of the game on September 28, 1991 in Ann Arbor en route to a 51-31 to Seminole win? Who intercepted and scored a touchdown on Elvis Gerbach's first play of the game on September 28, 1991 in Ann Arbor en route to a 51-31 to Seminole win? T-Buck?
1: Oh, uh, yeah. Is it T-Buck? Because I was thinking it yeah. was T-Buck, but I don't want to say
2: T-Buck. It's All right, I'll T-Buck. say
3: T-Buck. Definitely. definitely. It's Terrell Buckley. Doesn't <laughs> steal my answers. Unbelievable. I'm letting him go first
1: next time. <laughs> <laughs> we said 14 at the exact same time. I will No, that, that one, yeah, <laughs> but that, that one was a little sketchy. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Here we go. Another one. And Jeremiah, you can't you can't answer any because you might give them the <laughs> an answer. <laughs> which oh. Seminole which Seminole defender outscored FSU's first four opponents in the nineteen ninety three national championship season?
1: Didn't you already ask us this? Is Derrick Brooks? <laughs> mm,
3: yeah, Brooks. I think you did ask us that.
2: That was a trick one. I'm gonna see if you remembered.
1: Yeah, right. we're wasting our time. What, really?
2: That was that was that was to keep make sure you did your. If you remember, if you have good memory.
1: any <laughs> he forgot he asked the same question.
0: <laughs> Logan, nice. Who I was like FS?
2: You like that? Who was FSU's leading tackler in two thousand three? And here we go. <laughs> two thousand three. <laughs> yep. Here we oh, go. Three.
3: Oh man. Um. <laughs>
0: Here what we was go. going on that? Bit? What was going on back then?
3: <laughs> <laughs> we went from Derrick Brooks to two thousand three. Um, it's too early uh, for Buster Davis.
2: Who was FSU's leading tackler in two
0: thousand three? That's that's interesting question.
1: I have. Um, I'm just going to take a shot in the dark. Um, Someone's er, opening up a
2: candy cane or something. (laughs)
1: It's it's Christmas, bro, but Ernie Sims, maybe? That's not
3: a bad guess. I think it's a little too early for him. North he He was drafted in 06. I think okay. Mm. So, so I, I don't it. know if he was leading the team, tackling right. as a freshman or a sophomore, depending on when he left. Uh,
1: Darnell Dockett.
0: That's a decent guess. Well, that's yeah,
3: not bad. the o- The only name that's coming to mind for me is Cromartie, but there's no way a cornerback led the team in tackles.
0: So. No, dude. I have... And he only had one healthy year.
1: Yeah. yeah, I'll go with. I'll just say Dockett. I mean, I'm I'm prepared to get this one wrong. Are you picking, Austin?
3: I have absolutely no idea. I don't even have a guess. I really don't. It's Michael
0: Boulware. What?
3: Yep. I'd forgotten about him.
0: Michael Boulware? Yeah.
3: Okay. I had his rookie card back in the day. I forgot about him.
2: Yep. Big boy. Well. Up next. Which team did Florida State not play at all in the 1990s in the ACC? Like
1: a current ACC team? Yes. Mm. Oh, so it's a
3: current ACC team that we didn't play in the 90s. Okay. Yeah.
1: Pittsburgh?
3: Oh, that's where I was going to go. Yeah, I'll, I'll stick with Pittsburgh. Wrong.
2: Actually, this question was is it Syracuse? Stupid. No, this question is actually really stupid because they try to trick you here. They say Virginia Tech, but they said it because they were not in the ACC in the 1990s. I don't like that oh. question. That oh. one's a gyp one.
3: Oh. Where are you getting your? You're not even making these questions up. You're stealing them from someone else.
2: We've been over this. We we know. We Where else am them? I supposed to find these?
3: Google. <laughs> <laughs> Wikipedia. The Bowdoin Dynasty DVD. Oh, here's a
2: good, here's another good one. Remember, we have a we Austin Vizy is leading two to one against Dustin Lewis. Which classic bowl did Florida State defeat Auburn thirteen to seven in nineteen eighty nine? I don't know. A classic bowl game.
3: Uh, I, mean, I have a guess,
1: but I'm gonna wait for Dustin. Nineteen eighty nine. Yeah. What would you? What do you mean classic? Like a well known bowl game? Yes. Yes. What else would that mean? What? Like just it was a good game.
2: Yeah, the Shrek. <laughs> <work. laughs> um. The Tiger Ball. <laughs> Sun Ball. it's the it's the their
0: great.
1: Can you give baseball. me wait? Can you give me the their top twenty five rankings?
0: Whoa. No, I do not have what? that. That's cheating. Cheating. I'm
1: trying to figure out if this is like a BCS Bowl or some. Oh. Which um, classic
2: ball game did Florida State defeat Auburn thirteen
1: to seven? I have a guess, but I'll wait for Dawson.
3: I, I just want to reiterate that.
0: I actually have a guess too, but I can't. If you, can don't count. <laughs> yeah, you can wait till the end,
1: oh,
3: I don't count. <laughs>
1: like I, I, just don't even. I don't even know what the alignments were like back then for bowl games. You got ten seconds. All right, I'll... <sighs>
2: Sugar Bowl.
3: Damn it! That's what. That's what I was gonna guess.
0: Sugar.
2: <laughs> Sugar Bowl is correct. Sugar Bowl yeah, is correct. That was my guess yeah. too.
3: Dang yeah. it, I had that one. She was that. correct. Oh,
0: yep, yeah. Oh,
3: I'm so mad. I knew
0: that. I knew. Dustin?
2: This is another one since we got to go quick Logan's delaying
3: Logan's Shot in the dark.
2: Yep. Who did Florida State play in the 1998 Fiesta Bowl? Uh, the year after I was born, just to let y'all know. <laughs> I feel like it the this, 1990- last week as well. The nineteen
1: ninety nine Fiesta Was that the national championship? I think we
2: got Jeremiah's T V back in the background too, helping out.
4: <laughs> oh. <laughs> it would have
1: been it would have been Tennessee, right? Yeah, Tennessee.
2: It was Tennessee, you're correct.
1: We're like twelve
3: questions deep. Come on.
2: Yeah, man. this is this is getting crazy now. I don't know if <laughs> I'm, I know if this I is get the
3: million dollar question this. now, right? Like, if I get this, I get a million dollars. That's how this works. Yeah,
2: yeah. This one, this one. I think you got into that round now. This is it for you.
1: We're on like round seven.
2: All right, here so we no, go. We're which, past that. Which opposing team has the record for most points scored on a Florida State de- defense with sixty-three points?
1: Wait, say that one more time.
2: Which opposing team has the record for most points scored on a Florida State defense with sixty-three points?
1: Louisville, right? Mhm. Yeah, I mean, Louisville, twenty sixteen. Yeah the the no
0: Derwin James game.
1: The Lamar Jackson come out game.
0: Yep. I actually forgot about that game, so thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Nah. we're just here to rehash <laughs> bad memories. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you
3: said these were gonna start getting hard.
2: Well, he threw the getting...
3: Michael Bolwer question out of nowhere. Well that
2: yeah, well that yeah, and that question was. Going back to to the old to the early two thousands. Here we go. Get ready. Oh, God. Which of the following players was not in the running back rotation? Leon Washington. Greg Jones, Lorenzo Booker, Dominic Robinson.
3: What time frame are we talking about? Like, what year?
2: Is it a certain year? Just 2003? Saying right here. What were the names again? Which of the following players was not in the running back rotation? Leon Washington, Greg Jones, Lorenzo Booker, Dominic Robinson. Uh. This is a good one. I think this might snap it. This might be it. This is a good one. Cause this is yep. No, I don't want to hear any
1: clicking. Y'all got ten seconds. <laughs> I'll just. I'll go with. I'll go with Robinson. That's what I was going to guess. Because I honestly don't really know who that is. Yeah. <laughs> I know Leon and. Uh, I know, you know the other.
3: Runs over there at the same time. Yeah, I'll say Robinson.
2: Dominic Robinson is the correct answer. He was a wide receiver. Man, this is good stuff, isn't it? This has been going on for 20 minutes. Yeah. Really? This is a good trivia. Looks like these young cats (laughs) know what they're talking about. What what number was former Florida State wide receiver Kez McCorvey?
1: Oh... Uh, Oh, mm. uh, fuck. Uh, seven.
3: For some reason, I feel like it's 13.
2: Jeremiah, you got any guess?
0: Nope. I don't give McCormick. That's like
1: your final answer. Well, that makes me think it's wrong. Yeah, no <laughs> for, for, I think it's either 13 or 1,
3: but I'll stick with 13. What did eight,
1: I say again? Seven. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was, fuck seven.
2: <laughs> and both y'all are wrong. Number eighty-eight.
0: Eighty-eight. Oh, I
3: did think about that briefly, but I didn't go. With okay.
1: It. <laughs> I had no idea.
3: I did mm-hmm. think about eighty-eight, but I didn't. I, I dismissed it too quickly. Damn. Mm-hmm.
2: Here we go on the number. Whatever, fifteen they were on. (laughs) What was what was Florida State's record in the ACC in two thousand three?
3: What what's with the two (laughs) thousand three questions?
1: Florida State's ACC record in two thousand three.
2: Yep, this one's more going to be a guess because obviously your mind's going to be trying to figure Um, out
3: how many ACC games they played.
1: Yep, six and two. Mm.
3: Um. Mm. I want to go with a different answer, just so like we don't like we could just finally end this. <laughs> <I guess>. Yeah. <laughs> um. Gosh, I have no idea. This
2: is a tough one.
3: This is I'll very say, tough. I'll say. Um, I'll say it was not eight games played. I'll say it was seven and go six and one.
2: Y'all are so close. Seven and one, you meet in the
4: middle. I thought
1: about it too.
2: Wow. Oh. <laughs> uh-huh.
1: Dang. That
2: was a good Man. one.
1: So we're not done yet. Nope.
2: <laughs> Both y'all are not done yet. Rock, wow. Rock paper
1: scissors for the end.
2: <laughs> <Jeez>. Yeah, <laughs> this is getting tough. <laughs> this is getting tough, y'all. How y'all feeling?
1: Like I want to the like, death. I'm, <laughs> like I'm ready for it to be over.
3: Like I'm in prison.
2: (laughs) 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 All right. Let's go on to number eighty eight that we're on. (laughs) Let's go. How many sacks did Florida State compile in two
1: thousand three? Bro, what's What's up with two thousand three, man?
2: Pick a different year. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta get these out.
1: Thirty six. How many sacks did they compile in two thousand three? Uh,
2: Thirty six. Forty two. Y'all two say those again, please.
3: Thirty-six.
2: Uh
1: forty two, fuck it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> ding ding ding. What? Austin wins. Oh,
4: whoa. What?
3: Are you serious? What? Yes, you have it was to, you 36. Have
2: to be lying. Nope. You
3: have to be lying. No.
2: That <laughs> is incredible. You think,
3: I have to look this up. There's no way. <laughs> yep, it, it,
2: it is true. You can try it again on me. It was 36. Wow. There's no way. Yep, this is a true fact. Dustin,
1: huh? thoughts? I mean, like I said, sometimes you, you knock down a champion, <laughs> but they always get back up. So next week I'll be here back for for 11 more rounds with Austin. <laughs>
3: well, this web, this website doesn't have it. I got to find. It. I have to there's no way. I refuse to believe I actually got that right.
2: <laughs> nah, you can you can try to you can try to look it up.
1: I'm trying.
3: Yeah, I'm looking. <laughs> I need so to make sure I actually
1: lost. <laughs> there's no way.
2: Yep.
3: Hey, th- there's no way.
2: It is true.
1: It's full. Did full.
3: Not count sacks on sports. Radio? It is. What is it's
1: at sacks thirty six. Wow. Is it really? what's mm-hmm. it on? I'm on Nolfan.org. Nolfan. No fan. Oh. Wow.
3: <laughs> wow.
2: <laughs> Man. Oh. Um, got it, man. You need to go. You need to go gambling tonight.
3: Yeah, I'll do that and lose my entire life savings. So, no thanks.
2: <laughs> That's what it is, man. Y'all, y'all need a fun fact, don't you? Before we end this off, oh. we
3: really don't. <laughs> we really yeah. don't.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you do. You ready? right
1: I guess.
2: Lay it on us the fact the thing is I'm trying to find a creepy one for y'all I can't find one
1: (laughs) so basically you don't have a fact prepared just like you didn't have the questions prepared
2: I had the I had the questions I had 55 how am I supposed to know that we'd go for that many rounds
3: come up with your own questions no more 2003 crap (laughs)
2: hey that side really had it uh (laughs) I had it up there. Okay, Okay, I'm ready. Y'all ready for the fun fact of the night? Sure.
3: I refuse to answer.
2: Female kangaroos have three vaginas. I've got a fact
1: for you. If you try to suppress (laughs) a sneeze, you can rupture a blood vessel in your neck or head and die.
3: I've also got a fun
1: fact. Kirby Smart happens. was a grad assistant on that
3: 2003 team since you're so obsessed with 2003.
1: it was? Wow.
0: Kirby Smart. Wow. That is a very impressive fact, Austin. Yeah,
3: that's like better that. than anything Logan has told us the past four weeks.
2: Don't worry. The next the next trivia is going to be something that y'all aren't even going to be able to figure out. It's going to be too <laughs> it's, hard.
3: It's going to be baseball questions. Screw <laughs> Dustin? <laughs> <laughs>
2: no baseball. I think Remember, we'll have some basketball ones introduced in the next pod.
1: An average person will eat 12 pubic hairs a year in fast food, so I've probably eaten about 36
0: in 2019. That's gross. That's actually disgusting. I'll bring the
1: facts next week.
2: Well, we weren't really talking about your facts that you're eating. (laughs) Whoa! What would you say? You think you almost probably eat Thirty six then,
1: cause bro, I'd be hitting Chick fil A up. Actually, you know, I guess I'm more worried about McDonald's.
0: Yeah, because I, I feel it. like they're,
1: they're just shoveling pubic hair onto your burger. It's like a huffing. <laughs> you you get diced onions, you get pubic hair.
0: Right, a little sprinkle. <laughs> Austin, on the let us air.
1: know. No. Oh damn! <laughs> Jesus.
2: Damn,
3: Austin.
2: Dustin came with it,
3: man.
1: Yeah. Charlie's in trivia, man. I gotta, I gotta find an angle. Yeah, he,
3: he's got to stoop to lower levels. It's okay. I'll take the high road and just win. It's
2: fine. <laughs> I'm still wanting to know how the Big Mac sauce is made, but we'll figure that out next week. How about that? I don't know either. Nah, I don't. Yeah, but I know they keep you to a contract and stuff. They can't let it go. You Can't let it out. So it's yeah, all right. Yeah. Bye. We'll deal with it. We'll figure it out by the end of this year. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I think that's going to pretty much do it. Thank you, Jeremiah, for coming on here. And I feel like we can have Jeremiah just have his own podcast talking about recruiting for two and a half hours. I don't know if anybody else would agree with me on that, but <laughs> Jeremiah talk recruiting, uh, and we appreciate you coming on here and talking with us for about an hour and a half now. Um, and also, no
0: problem.
2: We'll look forward to having you back on to to recap the early signing day and see where. Norvell and company can do uh, and see if they get themselves uh, a pretty talented quarterback too so uh, as always thank you guys so much for listening to Hear the Spear you can listen to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play or also on YouTube if you're on YouTube feel free to subscribe over there if you're on iTunes subscribe uh, it alerts you every time we upload a new podcast um, and if you're on Twitter you can follow us at Hear the Spear and in the description below will be the guys Twitter handles and you guys can go find them on the twitter web Uh, but yeah thank you guys so much for listening and we will talk to you guys after the signing day y'all have a great rest of y'all's week